ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. What's up, everybody? First of all, me, me and Rob, we have to say happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday, Aurora. <laughs> we we want to give her a, a, a happy birthday shout out right at the top of the show. Right, Dan? Yep, exactly. And a little fact about my mom. The reason Rusty Staub is my mom's favorite player is because, as I as we can tell now, my mom's birthday is August 10th. And the re and Rusty Staub number was ten, so that was why Rusty was my mom's favorite player growing up. Very cool, very cool, Lagrand Orange, as they used to call him, Rusty Staub. And uh, hey, with that, everybody, welcome to Best Seat in the House podcast. I'm your host Rob Kramer, alongside, as always, Daniel Bobo Curlin, and uh, obviously, we're kicking this show off. Uh, in a very festive mood as we give a, a happy birthday shout out to Bobo's mom, Aurora. Uh, once again, happy birthday, Aurora. Hope you're having a great one. And, uh, you know, Dan, we got a lot to get into today because so much has happened since the last time uh, we spoke in episode 22 last week. Uh, the Mets were just about to begin a uh, four game series with Atlanta. And uh, I think that went our way, right, Dan? their tails and uh not only that the grom jacob the grom he's back in full force baby and i happened to i was at like three of the four games of that series i was at the i was at the thursday the saturday the saturday and i was surprisingly invited to go to the sunday game so i got to see the crazy timing in a it's like bro going to see the wrong pitch because the next game I'm going to is on Saturday. <laughs> Which is against the Phillies and DeGrom will also be pitching, like you said. So very cool. Um, and of course, I can't forget, I'll be adding another giveaway to the to my collection and it's going to be part of that connect, you know, that connecting bobble hits that they're doing, the Gary, Keith and Ron. This yes. The- yes, they're doing that too. So I'll have, so I'll have, so I'll be two-thirds of the connecting bobblehead I'll have. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, and, you know, aside from uh, from that, that series where the Mets ended up taking four or five from Atlanta, um, you know, and, and stretching their lead out to um, six and a half games by the time the, the Braves left, it would be stretched even further as right now the Mets currently have a seven and a half game lead following their three-game sweep of the Cincinnati Reds at City Field. Uh, the Mets dominated them, outscoring them uh, something along the lines of 21-5 to in this three-game series. Um, great starting pitching all around from the starters in this series, Bassett, Carrasco, and um, Taiwan Walker today. Uh, you know, so just great stuff from the Mets. But e- even beyond that, uh, you know, we got the uh, NFL training camp to get into with the uh, Jets and the Giants. Uh, both preseason schedules starting to open this week. Uh, also, the suddenly nosediving New York Yankees, Dan. What about these guys? I mean, uh, you know, luckily for them, they were able to pull off the victory this afternoon. Uh, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. They blew it this afternoon, too. I thought that they held on. They were up 3-1 late. But they blew that game. They ended up losing 4-3 in Seattle. Uh, they, they they won that opener out there, but dropped the next two. Um, Dan, what do you think with the Yankees right now and uh, as they're in freefall mode? I just – it looks like the bullpen is wearing out, I feel like. I feel like their bullpen is wearing out. You know, I see what I'm reading. You know, I think you're – you're right about that in a sense too, but you know, one thing I'm also concerned about is outside of Aaron judge, nobody in that Yankee lineup is hitting too good right now. So uh, they, they really have to uh, wake up 
But um, you know, we'll we'll get into uh, more of the Yankees a little bit later. But also, before uh, you know, we we move on here in a little bit. We'll be getting into in the second half of the show because um, the first half is going to be all Mets stuff. Let's be honest; it always is. And uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the in the second half of the show too, we're going to be talking about the Rangers naming Jacob Truba as the twenty eighth captain in team history. Uh, the first team in NHL history to name four consecutive American captains. Uh, so very, very cool. Very uh, interesting point is you remember they had Ryan Callahan, they had Chris Drury, they had uh, Ryan McDonough, and now they have um, Jacob Truba. So very interesting. And uh, quick on that, Dan, what did you think about Truba being named captain? I think he earned it. The guy's been playing hard. Showing, he's been showing a leadership, and I, I, I gotta say congratulations to uh, Jacob Truba and being Nate on earning that uh, captain seat see on on the on that iconic Rangers jersey. Yeah, yeah, very true, man. The uh, uh, the the Rangers obviously they were all on board, and um, you know, if they wanted, you know, obviously. You know, let's just talk about it right now anyway, since we're on it. It's going to be real quick. But, you know, Jacob Truba, in, in my opinion, was not my first choice. I mean, if, if it was me, I would have chosen either Kreider or Zibanejad. But, uh, and, you know, Kreider's been my choice for a long time. I, I, I thought Kreider should be named captain. But you know what, though? I'm not on the New York Rangers. I'm not in that, that uh, locker room. I... I don't hang out with these guys <laughs> aside from a handful of them. I've never even met any of them. So I, um, you know, I don't know who the leader is in that locker room, especially we've seen a lot less of the inside of that locker room since COVID started. So, you know, Hey, I saw Kreider congratulating him and Zibanejad and every other big, you know, teammate on the New York Rangers, you know, they made it clear that Truba is the captain. And, uh, you know, what do you think about that, Dan? Would would he have been your first choice? I think he might have been that, might have been not my first choice. I mean, I hope, I've seen it. I probably would have figured, figured Kreider would have been the deep captain, being the fact I feel like he's been around the longest and seemed to have that veteran presence in the, in the case of being veteran. I mean, how long he's been on this team. And really understood the the high expectations that come with wearing the uniform. And but we we don't really know that much because up until like maybe maybe the middle of this year, when the locker rooms have finally been open to the press, it's been kind of it's kind of dark. Like you didn't really you don't really get the press really getting it to be directly with the players and stuff. Enough like they like they had like only recently is that all opened up. Yeah, that's true, and and it really didn't even open at the beginning of the season either. It you know took a little while for them to even fully open up these clubhouses, but luckily uh, they they really are now. But yeah, I mean, hey, I uh, I think if all the guys in the locker room and you know the head coach, um, you know Gerard Gallant and Chris Drury, the GM, are all on board then how can I not be on board? And the, the thing that really just surprised me so much is that, yeah, I, I get maybe from Rangers fans, there, there could have been some shock that Truba was named captain, especially the fact that the news was broke by Kevin Weeks at midnight <laughs> in the middle of August. Uh, very, very strange uh, way to go about it. A uh, very strange way the news broke. Um could I say I was surprised? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I was definitely expecting if they were going to name a captain, it to either be Kreider or Benajad. I heard people like, uh, you know, Vince Mercagliano, one of the, the Rangers reporters, mentioned multiple times over the last year or two that a dark horse for captain is Jacob Truba. And that turned out to be dead on accurate um, because these guys apparently love him. And I saw a lot of anger from some Rangers fans on Twitter, you know, obviously, which, you know, 
Twitter will bring out the anger in you one way or another, I guess. But especially with, with the with Rangers Twitter, man, I, I don't understand. Did, did you see any of that hate towards Jacob Truba? Saw some, but I feel most didn't. I guess felt. I guess they they made they were sensible and understood that they, this was maybe happened amongst the team, amongst the players. It happened, and sometimes you can't really. I guess all armchair teammate. I guess the best word to put it, armchair teammate. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, man. Because because guess what? The captain isn't for the fans to choose. And unfortunately, not every time you have a captain, it's going to be a guy like Mark Messier, you know, where he's the best guy on your team and the obvious leader to everybody, a guy who's won a million championships, you know, Um, when it comes to, you know, a a younger team like the Rangers that's looking to establish themselves. I mean, come on, you, you got to at least give Truba a chance. I'm I'm sure a lot of people were skeptical when the Rangers first named Ryan McDonough captain too, but McDonough turned out to be a great captain, right? Yeah, turned out turned out to be a great turned out to be a great captain, and uh, brought us some uh, brought, was part of some teams that brought us some very really great memories. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. I mean, you know, we got lucky a couple of times over the last few decades where we had guys like. Messier, who I mentioned, or when when Messier left for that period, Brian Leach was captain, or you know, in the the next Lundqvist generation, Yarmir Yager was that captain after that first 0506 season. So you know, you always had like a best player on the team to be that, but that hasn't been the case uh, the last couple of years for the Rangers because these guys are so young. I mean, maybe you might think four or five years down the road that uh, once he's a fully established superstar in the NHL, maybe Alexi Lafreniere could possibly grab that C at some point, you know, maybe the Rangers end up trading Jacob Truba because admittedly his $8 million salary is a bit excessive. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a cal- uh, a, a salary cap, you know, burden uh, in, in this crazy era right now where uh, the, the cap is only increasing a million a year until like 2025. Um, so it, it does hurt a little bit, but I mean, I got to say uh, Jacob Trubo had a fantastic year. He had a fantastic playoff run minus uh, what was it? Game three of, or, or whatever. I think it was game three of the, uh, um, uh, the Eastern conference finals against Tampa Bay, where he had a really bad game, but I mean, Trubo has been pretty good, right? Yeah. Good. Aside, aside from that little that little one game that that may 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 have led to a near broken remote again. <laughs> yeah, but you know, hey, I, I I'm willing to give. Uh, you know, let's just leave it at this. I'm willing to give Jacob Truba a clean slate and uh, a a real good chance to grab this captaincy. You know, by the horns and and uh, let him be captain, right? And, and I'm going to give him a fair chance, right, Dan, are you? I'm going to give him a fair chance, and uh, ho- hopefully it uh, works out, and uh, I'll be able to hopefully one day be able to find a way to get one of the players to maybe bring over the, you know, maybe lend me to Stanley Cup for a show so I could give Mr. Malunigan the chance to eat his dog food out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That is definitely badly want to see that happen one day. <laughs> Maybe somewhere, somewhere, someone could arrange for it. When they get to see Mr. Malunigan eat his dog food out of the cup. <laughs> well, some people would call that sacrilegious, Dan, but I call that a dream. And uh, I definitely agree with you. That would be awesome. Uh, and hey, if, uh, you know, Captain Truba is the one getting the cup, from Gary Bettman, uh, who it's still crazy to me that Gary Bettman is the same commissioner that, you know, handed Mark Messier the trophy, uh, you know, on June 14th, 1994. Uh, so. That whole game, I, I, I could watch that game seven of the, of the Stanley Cup finals, like 
it was yesterday and yeah. imagine like it was that <laughs> 12 year old me and I still remember seeing, seeing it when I remember I remember that I yelled at Mark Bessie come get the Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll never forget that too man and um you know so let's just uh you know we we, we got close this year we got another taste of uh a, a opportunity for it so just gotta hope uh that the, the rangers are able to finish the job just at some point in the next couple of years just like that 94 team was able to but um and he, he had he his dog fit at the Stanley cup I saw some footage, I think it was on, I think the NHL tweeted this. One of the players in Colorado went by, was, uh, I guess, had his name. And he, uh, he had his dog eat out of the Stanley Cup. And I thought, man, you know how cool that'd be to get Mr. Maloon again to, eat, to get to eat his dog food out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's a good idea. Hey. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so. With that, let's let's move on to the uh, the, the Mets as um, you know we, we touched on them before, but man, this might be you know you're a couple of years older than me, so you remembered '86 and '88 more than I do because I was 12 days old when they won in '86, and I was you know less than two years old during that '88 season. So so what were you saying? I was very little, so it's like bits and pieces I remember of it. Yeah, so you just remember bits, you know, bits and pieces because, like you said, you were still just a kid, um, and you know, obviously, obviously, I was like a you know, a baby at that point. Um, but when you when you look at it, so since then, since 1988, we've seen a handful of of Mets teams that you know were 30 games over 500 in that 95 to 97 win range, you know, uh, 1999, they won, you know, 97 games, you know, they were 96 and 66 after 162, they beat the Reds in that one game playoff, which counted as a regular season game back then. And, uh, you know, now it's a, a, a 97, 66 team. So we saw that a team 30 games over 500, obviously the, uh, 2000, the, the, the 2000 Mets that went to the World Series and lost to the Yankees only won 94 games. So they weren't even 30 games over 500. The 2006, we won, we won yeah. 90. Yeah, the, the, the 2006 team. I felt like would have won the World Series had they won game seven. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that. Um, that, that two teams that may have been felt like a team that should have made the playoffs but didn't yeah it's true i mean they won 83 games that cardinal team and as you said that that 2006 mets team won 97 games unfortunately for us too the mets um you know lost pedro martinez and el duque going into that and if they had one of those guys i feel like they would have been you know in pretty good shape but just to not have either of those guys was too much to overcome. And we had the, the two years that we had really uh, that felt like we were a playoff team. The yeah. yeah. And the, you know, the last day of that regular season in 2006, where the Mets finished up 97 and 65, 32 games over 500. Uh, that was the last time that the Mets were 30 games or more over 500 until this year, just a, a few games ago when they finally hit that 30 game mark, um, which is crazy to believe that they went from 2006, you know, they went to a world series in 2015 and still were not this good in the regular season. Um, it's, it's just, it's mind boggling to me how good this team has been right now. After the sweep today, the reds, the Mets are 73 and 39. 34 games over 500. Dan, does this even seem real to you right now? <laughs> it doesn't seem real to me. It's like, I was playing tricks on me. When I look at the standings that I'm seeing this, I just hope to keep going because I'm, I'm not going to feel calm until the day we've clinched. I can't feel calm because of, because of our history after 2007 and 2008. Oh yeah, well those 
those two uh, seasons, you know, obviously where in 2007, where they blew the seven game lead with 17 to play, which will scar Mets fans forever. Uh, the 2008 season, which was just a, you just knew they weren't going to win, even though it came down to game 162 and they, they had a lead at one point, which they blew again to the Phillies. You just never felt safe. And, uh, you know, history repeated itself. Yeah, I kind of also feel like 2008 happened. Well, we, we had no closer. We had no what? Closer in a way. Yeah, because Billy Wagner got hurt at the end. And it was like... Somehow let's make it, and then ugh, we ended up being the best team not to make the playoffs that year. Yeah, yeah. two years in a row. Fuck <laughs> that. I had back then. I had my partial plan, so I would have had been at one team every round of the playoffs in seven, Those tickets I have, like I still have these tickets that would have been playoff tickets. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's such a shame because. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you, you you know what could have been, but unfortunately they crashed and burned so much at the end of the season, and their bullpen just went up in flames. That the fact of the matter is, even if they made the playoffs, they probably just would have got knocked out immediately. And you know, it it, it would have sucked, but it, hey, at least they still would have made the playoffs. It would have been cool to have a couple of playoff games to look forward to. But um, you, you know, so Chase Stadium that playoff baseball last year yeah yeah it's a shame that you know the last game ever at Shea Stadium was uh a very weak loss to the Marlins um just very very bad tough to get over there and then of course also I remember of course of course we had we had that epic season in 2015 which I feel like we could have won it felt like game one just yeah, yeah, it's true, man. But I just have a feeling this is gonna be just a gun. But I just feel like this season could be the one. Yeah, I mean, this season just feels special when you look at everything that's happened. Where you know it starts with, um, you know, the the no hitter. Really, I mean, in. Uh, April, which was started by Tyler McGill, finished up by the uh, the, the other relievers after him. And, uh, man, I mean, uh, all the comebacks in the ninth inning, they had that comeback against the Phillies. They had that comeback against the Cardinals, um, you know, sweeping the Yankees at City Field. Uh, you know, even though it feels weird to say a uh, two-game sweep, but, hey, they did it. Um, you know, just – the, the dominance in in-division play this year. You know, what about this team, the, this Mets team, has impressed you the most this year? Well, I just feel like the way that this team came together this year, and they feel players have been bouncing back from uh, off years. Also, I have to give a lot of credit to Buck Showalter has been helping keep this team uh, uh I guess keep this team intact. I guess the way he's able to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Buck Showalter is the runaway um, manager of the year for the National League this year, right? Yep, exactly. Definitely. There, there, there needs to be a riot if he isn't manager. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a riot. An investigation. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There needs to be a riot in front of the commission. Commissioner. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, man, because the guy, I mean, look, when, when you look at the rest of the league, nobody in the NL Central is going to win it because the, the NL Central is mediocre as hell. Uh, the, the NL West, you know, what? I They're not going to give it to Bob Melvin out there in, uh, um, you know, San Diego because, you know, the Padres have been okay, but they also have a stacked roster and they're in second place. And, um, you know, Dave Roberts has the best team in baseball, and, you know, how how good of a – I mean, look, I'm not saying he's a bad manager, but what I'm saying is this is a year-in, year-out thing. Buck Showalter is the manager of 2022 because he has just made such a recognizable difference in this team um, than 
any manager I can remember since Bobby Valentine. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen anything like this in a long time, and hopefully we beat this and hold off the brakes of the Phillies because they scare me. We gotta keep winning. Gotta keep winning. We gotta how to keep big winning streaks. Yeah, it's true. And right now they're doing that. They're on a six-game winning streak. You know, real quick, let's recap that uh that four-game series for the Braves. Um, just awesome stuff uh from from a um the, the Mets in that series as they, they they ended up winning that first game um against the Braves six to four. You know, what did you think of um uh, of Buck using Edwin Diaz for two innings in that game? I just felt it was the situation where he had to because it was the eighth and that was a point in the eighth inning they were facing the best hitters in the line in the Braves lineup, and they needed to have, and they knew they needed to have their best reliever for that moment. Like that was, that was like the moment they needed Edwin Diaz for. I mean, I gotta get credit. Edwin Diaz has been street fire this year. Yeah, I mean he's he has been the best reliever in baseball by far. And it it has been he's become as close as I could come to not be nervous with when it comes to a Mets closer and I can and I will always feel nervous with a closer wearing that uniform because because of just our history I'll, I will always feel like that I will always feel like that until the day finally comes where we're there um in the crowd at a parade down the canyon of heroes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely with you on that. And even even after that, I probably still still wouldn't trust the closer. Of course, during one of the games this weekend, this was given out to shake up the club. Strike out counter bobblehead. That's <laughs> collection. There you go. Very cool, man. Very cool. And which game was that given out during? That Was that during the doubleheader? That was given out during the nightcap of the doubleheader. That was the Scherzer game. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, all right. Very cool, man. That's a cool bobblehead. And, uh, you know, so I we might as well talk about the doubleheader anyway because there was really not much to talk about Friday's game as uh, Taiwan Walker didn't get out of the first inning. Uh, he obviously rebounded today, had a much better start against the Reds today at City Field. But, boy, he got knocked around real bad on Friday against the Braves as the Mets ended up losing that one 9-6. to six. But uh, you know they were they were down eight nothing, and I saw some Braves fans getting pretty nervous when the Mets made it eight to five, right, Dan? Yeah, yep, and that's always great. Believe me, I'm always, always, always happy to do, to do that. I I wish I could afford to get out to go see the Mets on the road in Atlanta, in Atlanta in the coming days. I believe me, so so badly I wish I could afford to make that trip. Just to really get Met fan loud at an enemy territory. Yeah, man. I mean, big four game series next week, Monday through Thursday. Yep, uh, that, that some Southern barbecue after because <laughs> not go to the South without eating some Southern barbecue. And since it's, since since it would be Georgia, I'd probably eat peach cobbler for. <laughs> just to rub it in, just to make it worse. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, I do. I do know some friends in Georgia, so I ended. I I, I have some friends in the South that are very nice. So, aside <laughs> being very very competitive with the fans and the and the teams, they, I'm sure the the I'm sure the entire trip would be fun, and they 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 I'm sure they do a good job with the barbecue. And, oh, and no. in a way, in a way, I'd be kind of showing. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting against you guys at baseball, but I'm still nice to you guys in Atlanta. Because <laughs> um, uh, hey, I'm supporting the global economy. Exactly, exactly. Especially the uh, the you know the economy of the U.S., not just the global economy. So you're. You, you're helping your country as a patriotic act. Yep, exactly. And I like to say when I do, of course, I am always cheering for my team extremely enthusiastic, especially on a 
including on away games. And at the same time, I do go to away games. I look at myself as sort of a guest of that city. Yeah, no doubt about it. Definitely a guest and uh, like an ambassador of New York as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, I have to say one thing. There was this video of some kind of Met fan and some Braves fan getting into a fight. Let me tell you that we do not in no way condone that. That is uh, way below and any, any true Met fan would not do anything like that. All right. Unfortunately, there's always bad apples in every bunch. There is. There is. But also, don't take any shit. If a Braves fan starts coming at you, you you know, you don't have to use your fists either, but come come right back at him. Because that's what Met fans do, right, Dan? Exactly. But don't 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 harm other don't harm don't 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 do anything that's gonna get into cause any scuffles, all right? Exactly. You don't want anyone to get hurt and plus I don't want people to get the wrong idea of of us. And I feel that just puts a bad impression on everyone as a whole. True. True, I agree. I definitely uh agree with your um, non-violent take, Dan. Um, but, you know, so as uh, as we're looking around here now, um, I, I just took a look around as, at the uh, current scores because obviously our, our Mets had a day game today, but the Red Sox and Braves are playing right now, currently 3-1, to one, and uh, the, uh, the Braves are winning 3-1, to one, and the Philadelphia Phillies are currently losing 2-1, down to in uh, Miami to uh, well, it's, it's against Miami uh, and Sandy Alcantara. So, um, you know, what do you think about that so far, Dan? I'm actually looking at this because I have I have the, the two games. I have I have the split screen thing on my laptop. If you have if you have a subscription to MLB.tv, as you know, if you if you were watching using your computer or laptop using MLB.tv or subscription. You could set it to have two games a split screen kind of thing. Actually, you could have it set to like four, a four game split screen kind of thing if you wanted. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That, and that, of course, you can't do that on the smartphones or the tablets, just or the or on a on a, or, a, or on like a PS4 or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A computer, or a PC, or like a, a, a computer, a desktop, or a laptop. You could do that if you're watching a desktop or a laptop. You can do that. With your subscription. Wow. <laughs> on the yeah. screen, anyway. kind of like the that those that TV. Remember in Back to the Future Part Two, when you see the when you see the when you see Marty's son looking watching TV, and he has. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got every different TV channel on there. The Weather Channel, the you know. Every other thing you could possibly think of. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's a pretty cool feature by, by MLB TV, too, because it lets you watch a whole bunch of different games at the same time. And for this time of year, that is kind of what you need. As, um, you know, our uh, Mets right now are um, just currently cruising. I mean, they're on total cruise control. They start a uh, big series against the Phillies this weekend, but you know, let's finish up. We uh, we we left off at the doubleheader against the Braves last week. So David Peterson uh, threw a great five shutout innings in the in the the day cap, I guess you could call it. Um, uh, you know, of the of the day night doubleheader, um, and the Mets ended up winning that game. Uh, Max Scherzer threw a gem, seven innings, eleven strikeouts. Uh, just nobody getting near him. And then the great thing that wrapped that series up was Jake's performance on Sunday, Dan, right? Well, I have to say the doubleheader was, they had been a unique doubleheader in the fact the first game I'm watching, I'm watching the game on the, on the screen. Watching yeah. Like, you're watching the game, then you're after the first game, yeah. For the second game, so you yeah. Watch, and watching, uh, watching it at a bar, and then you hop on the train and uh, you go to the second game. 
<laughs> oh, very cool, man. Hey, that's a, a that, that that's a real Mets fan there too. Ended up in uh, in Queens. Uh, you know, obviously you live there, having a beer at the bar, and obviously just hopping on the train, heading right to City Field, right? Exactly. Just just watching at my local Parkwood side, then hopping on a train and going game game two. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Which is the same thing minus the bar that you did the next day on Sunday to see Jake out there, man. And how was it watching Jake back on the mound at City Field for the first time in over a year? It was like, I mean, just the energy, the moment that simple man was piping through those speakers. Yep. The round of applause. Jake up on the Grom on the mound again. And he pitched masterful. I think... I think we nearly had a perfect game going into like the what was it the sixth? It's like I I I, I didn't want to say the word no hitter like Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Blackman was at the he was at the game that that day. <laughs> not to say it, but I'm trying to just like you know like not say it, but kind of say like yeah like because I didn't want to say the word no hitter, but all I did was like point on the screen on the MLB at bad <laughs> Yeah, I was doing the same thing. I, I didn't want to say what it was. So when some you know when, when I was trying to explain it to somebody, I would be like something really special is happening right now. And if you want to see it happen, you better put the Met game on. You know, and uh you know De- DeGrom just uh just unfathomable. He retired the first 17 batters uh he faced um just he was just like you said he carried a perfect game into the sixth inning uh he got through two outs and then walked the batter and surrendered the two-run home run which ended his day more importantly i have to say they actually scored runs for jacob they did they did and it's a, it's about time man uh, actually not only did the ground pitch it, that someone actually pointed out to me that Another Mets fan older than me on social media that that one of the Mets fans I always see. I always there's always a group of there's always a lot of Mets fans I hear talking among fans. One one Mets fan older, older than me pointed out that that seemed to kind of happen with Tom Seaver throughout his career. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Off the then. Hall of Fame and uh, that number 41 and the statue he pulled that pulled off that amazing career that we speak that we speak of today and I was like saying and she brought this fan brought this up after I was mentioning that I feel like when I seen Jacob Grom this is like what it was like those Met fans older than me that are always talking about how what it was like when they got to see Tom Seaver pitch. I feel like that's what we're living in this day of age. And I hope that it works out well enough that maybe someday we'll be seeing, they'll have to find a space for the concept. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's true. I mean, uh, you, you know, and a, a lot of people would take issue and have taken issue with people comparing DeGrom to Tom Seaver, you know, based on the amount of innings pitched to complete games and this and that. But look, uh, I agree with you because even though I see what those people are saying, that obviously DeGrom doesn't pitch as many innings as Seaver did and complete games and this and that. But look, you cannot take away from Jacob DeGrom that he pitches in an era where guys just don't throw complete games. It's a different game now, and you can't penalize DeGrom and, and try to minimize his greatness because he, it's a different game than it was when Tom Seaver pitched. I mean, it, there's nothing else to be said, right, Dan? Yeah, exactly, and, and it, yeah, it's, it's, what, it's, what, it's what it feels like now. It feels like that. See Tom Seaver pitch. It feels like what it must have been for a 
lot, anyone who grew up in Chicago, when they got to see, they got to know when Jordan in his prime. That that's that's like the level of stuff we're seeing here with Jacob Degrom. We're we're us all of us here in New York. Greatness, and this will be something we'll be showing to future generations. Like, I don't know if you saw me on Twitter when I posted a picture I took of Jacob Degrom in 2019 at a game. I got this picture, this photo that I took. He was in like mid pitching motion. You see that picture I took? Yeah, I saw you posted it on. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I took this. You see, I was sitting somewhere in the 300s level of a, I think like the third base side at a city field of a game I was just, my uncle invited me to go to. And I put my digital camera with me because it had a zoom lens. But where I was sitting might be a good spot to get some pictures. And I have to admit this picture, I actually got this picture. I got it in an eight by 10 size. At a CVS, because I actually one day I don't know how I will be able to pull this off, but I would love to one day get Jacob Degrom himself to autograph this photo. I kind of feel like it seems cool to have because I saw someone at a recycle game was having players sign pictures, these photos. It's like kind of a cool thing to have, like a player autograph a photo of them. You know, an in-game photo you took of them that was taken yourself. Kind of seems like cool to have. I have a photo like that autograph. So, arrange for maybe meeting Jacob or somehow getting Jacob to autograph this. Whoever we. Yeah, maybe you can be a guest on Best Seat in the House podcast. Exactly, but whatever way we can pull it off. Contact us, cause <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That that's that that's a really good idea. I mean, with the you know your in-game picture, I mean that's just a, a a cool personal item, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I have a spot ready for that day. Hopefully, one day when Jacob photographs it, and it'll be in a frame there, and I'll be one day showing my uh, hopefully the future generations of Met fans that yeah. This is a photo I took back. I got to see how I, I was looking. <laughs> and this is a photo. Just like the way I'm sure maybe, if, however, I don't know how many people got great photos of that, but Tom Seaver that they took himself. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the way they speak of it. If, they, if anyone does have a photo like that. That's the way I'm going to speak. Hopefully, years later, we'll be speaking about that photo of Jacob Brown. Yeah, man. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And, you know, um, just to finish up on the Mets, too, here. Uh, so, obviously, you know, they, they won that game with the ground. They swept the Reds this week, dominating them. They have off tomorrow, a well-deserved off day for the Mets, as they've won 14 of their last 16 games. So, you know what, boys? Kick your feet up and enjoy a day off. Um, then they open up this series against the Phillies this weekend, Dan. How are you feeling about that? We got um, Ranger Suarez and Scherzer on Friday night. Aaron Nola and DeGrom, great pitching matchup, on Saturday night. And um, on Saturday, it's Wheeler against Chris Bassett. Uh, so how you, how you liking these matchups, and uh, what are you thinking about Philly right now? Correction, Saturday, DeGrom's pitching. Yeah, yeah, DeGrom's going against, um, uh, what's his name, Aaron Nola. I'm, I'm stoked for that game. I'm going to be there for that game. Should be, should be, should be exciting. I'm, I'm expecting a very crowded, I mean, it's, it's going to it's gonna be a packed house at City Field. And I expect the same thing. The sub, as always, when this ballpark's crowded, a very crowded train. I have idea how everybody on the seven train holds it off, but every time because the train, because the express train, they run in after the Met game, they run that express. I always have to sometimes yell out, I'm getting off because of how crowded the train is. Yeah. About to, somehow they managed to make some room for 
other passengers getting off at Woodside to get off the, the train. That's how yeah. crowded I. <laughs> I expect the I expect long line session stand, and I expect long line to the back because usually when that happens, it means we're in contention. Exactly, man. That, that's a good thing. Even though you know it is nice every once in a while to go to City Field when it's a ghost town and kind of have the run of the place. But you know when the, there's nothing like when the Mets are in contention and uh, they're playing winning baseball and the people are filling up the stadium, right? That's what I want as much as possible. Yeah. Believe me, that's what I want as much as possible. Of course, yeah. the, there's an off day tomorrow, but I'm probably going to be watching. I might probably uh, maybe watch a track, maybe take a little look at some of the minor league action. That's you know, a good maybe, idea. I'm also going to take a look at the triple A because I got to see how written, you know, Al- Alvarez is doing. Yeah, Francisco Alvarez, and he's finally starting to get a hot down at triple A too. So that would be a good idea, um, you know, to, to check out some minor league baseball tomorrow. And um, I could actually. This is another player I can say that I've seen that I'm going to be able to say I've seen up in the minors. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And and let's keep our fingers crossed because he looks like he's going to be a star. <laughs> don't know how I've said I've seen Brandon and most of these on the Cyclones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Cyclones, I kind of saw Pete before he was in the first baseball, as you know. I ended up, I love seeing him. Summer Bowl, Northwood. He's playing the Summer Bowl. So, and I ended up seeing him in a cycle. So I got to see him come up in it. I've got yes. Now I'm gonna get. I'm seeing uh, Alvarez come up in the move up in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And uh, hopefully, pretty soon, if not this year. Next year, I'll see him in the in the in the, in the majors. Yeah, yeah, because he he's definitely in line to uh, get that promotion and end up in the big leagues next year. Um, I'm hoping next year I can make the trip. Yeah, next man. Year, training because it could be first time I'll ever be able to go to spring training and but to see the world champion Mets retreat. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would definitely even be worth it to see them raise that banner in uh, Port St. Lucie, too. No doubt about that, man. Also, uh, since the World Baseball Classic is happening in South Florida, not far in Miami, I wanted to, that's something I want to check on where on my bucket list also is having it in the World Baseball. Yeah, that would definitely be very cool. As uh, yeah, they, they already have a, a bunch of guys commit to that uh, for, for the American team, so uh, that'll be very cool to see that. But I think it's safe to say, I know they have announced Goldsmith in first base, but I think it's safe to say Pete Alonso is going to be the DH. Pete Alonso is going to be what? For DH on the US team, yeah, because I heard Paul Goldschmidt, uh, c- you know committed so i think they're probably going to stick him at first at, at first base but yeah that would be awesome if pete alonso was the dh there i'd love that yeah yeah i feel like that's gonna happen that's really gonna be announced yeah yeah very cool very cool love that world baseball classic and as the the u.s are the defending champions since the last time it's been played in 2017 so uh let, let's hope we keep it going Exactly. I remember. I remember watching that over soon over Skype with my mom because she was in the hospital. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Watching it in her hospital bed. The cable, that hospital, her hospital, the cable in her hospital didn't have MLB Network. But what happened was, I was right before I was about to give her my uh, my MLB.tv password. She, she could have picked it up on her tablet. Turned out they did have that hospital cable did have ESPN Deportes, so she was watching the ESPN Deportes. 
though surprisingly my mother she knows she knows how to she knows she knows the language she was able to commentary that's awesome <laughs> very cool my mother knows, knows two languages so yeah yeah it's, it always helps to be bilingual man <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know. So uh, you know, actually, with that, let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the the Yankees real quick. As um, you know, man, the the Yankees are going through a tough stretch right now. Um, you know, after losing those games to the Mets, uh, you know they've they've gone on and they they just had a five game losing streak. Actually, they got swept by the Cardinals in St. Louis, which. I was excited actually to see the Yankees in St. Louis. It's always cool to see, you know, these old teams from back in the day meet up, but uh, man, the uh, Yankees just did not have a, a good series down there. They got swept. They stopped that skid in the first game here in, uh, in Seattle, but they ended up dropping the next two. What do you think the issue is with the Yankees now, man? How are you feeling about them? I think they're going through they're going through a rough patch, and I have to admit that the second half it looks like the bullpen is they look like they're wearing out, and yeah. like the bullpen is going to be everything. And no doubt about it. Seem to be they seem to be a bit wearing out. Yeah, and I mean, bats yeah. are are a bit flat. They're, yeah. they're, going to be facing a lot of the teams with some tough pitching lately like i think this is this is the point where the teams that are with the best pitching the cream rise to the top and the yankees are going to be facing some tough pitching i mean even us i mean look they when when the yankees they faced us they faced our best some of our best pitching you're right you're right and when so he speak. really, uh, I think, kept us in that game. Speaking of that, too, and you're definitely right, uh, I actually looked forward, and if the Mets rotation holds up right now and, and you know they don't skip anybody, then actually DeGrom and Scherzer are scheduled to pitch the two games against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So... That would be a very interesting uh, development, right? <laughs> that, yeah, that, 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 that's going to be that's an interesting development. It's unfortunately that, that the Tuesday when DeGrom is pitching that I'm not going to be available to attend that game because I'd be an intrigue of attending that game because DeGrom is pitching. But <laughs> i to do a one-day job. It's like I'll be, I'll be good to be able to watch the game at home, but it's not going to be good to – Things finish in time for me to go to the stadium to watch. Party, mm-hmm. but because of that one day job I'm doing, it's going to take all day. That, yeah. that I like. It's difficult for that game, but uh, I might if, if I can find a ticket at a good price. I'm available to go one day, so. <laughs> Not don't yet that I'm going, but if I could find a good price, I might have to make the the trip to the to the Bronx to the Bronx to go to that game in enemy territory, which the first time I ever saw a game between the Mets and the Yankees, it was the very first Subway Series game, by the way. I was ah, the Dave Malicki game. 1997. Me and my mom, upper deck, old Yankee Stadium, the upper deck. Yeah. Like the, it was like half Met fans, half Yankee fans. The best way to describe it. And by the time it got late in the game, I felt like all the Met fans took over the stadium. Oh yeah, the Mets ended up winning that game big. So <laughs> I was like, it was like eighth grade me back then. So like, very cool. Being being at that, that was that was something else. I, <laughs> This, and I'm talking about the old Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, old school. Old Yankee Stadium. I remember in 2008, I attended I attended both ends of that two. Remember that two-stadium doubleheader? Yeah. I remember I that, yeah. attended both ends of it. 
by luck, I was in, I somehow was invited and ended up with tickets to some some really good seats for the for the second game of that doubleheader. But I also had a ticket to the first game of the two stadium doubleheader. These were these seats in the bleachers. I had bought these as soon as like Yankee tickets went on sale. I I followed and bought to see it was rain out. So because of that, it worked out. I had tickets to both ends of a two stadium doubleheader. I was able to attend all of game one and get there in time to attend game two. Somehow it worked out. They had enough time to attend game two. But when I went to the second, well, I was, I forgot somewhere at the second game, I ran into someone at the time. This is before I ever met Anthony Columbia, by the way, months before I met Anthony. I ran into someone by the name of Jilda Galini at a, a crazy enough at that second game. Wow, very cool. Yeah, yeah, the old uh, Anthony uh, Kumia's ex-flame. So, uh, yeah, very cool with that, man. Running into her during that time. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that's very cool. And um, so, you know, we started this talking with uh, DeGrom and Scherzer against the, uh, the Yankees. And, um, but while he might not be DeGrom or Scherzer, did you see um, Luis Castillo's performance against the Yankees last night when he got matched up with Garrett Cole as uh, Luis Castillo threw eight shutout innings, Cole threw seven shutout innings, and this game went scoreless into the 13th inning. Did you check any of that? I checked out that game. Yeah, I checked, I, I checked out that game a little bit. Bit. It was like I I had a I had a doc's appointment the next day because I had to I had to schedule a doc's appointment because I had to be here and it was like I had to clear up some medicine and it's clearing up fine now but there there was like that and I quite couldn't sleep because of the pain I was experiencing in my ear I just had to after the Met game I just had to tune the TV watching it. And that I could not, I never expected I'd see like the Mariners pull off uh, an upset like that. Yeah. I mean, when uh, the Mariners had, uh, when the Yankees, I'm sorry, in the top of the 13th had the bases loaded and one out, I thought there was no way the Yankees weren't winning that game. And the Mariners, the Mariners ended up just uh, bearing down and winning that game, winning the series today against the Yankees. Um, you know, even though Judge went deep and Judge has been crazy, Judge has 45 home runs right now as he continues his insane season. Um, yeah, so the the, the Yankees uh, definitely have some work to do right now. Uh, I, I mean, what do you think about Judge, man? As as the uh, tear that, that that he's been on, uh, I mean, he he slam dunk AL MVP, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel like slam. The man is earning like let's say like each home run he hits, it's that cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> so, whatever if he whether he re-signs with the Yankees or somebody else, get paid a lot from somebody. And I would be shocked if he didn't get each contract. Like I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I think he's forcing the Yankees to pay him. But even if it's not the Yankees, he's getting paid by somebody because he has just had, I mean, one of the most dominant seasons that, uh, that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I feel like it's not much of a slam dunk that he's been signing with the Yankees as I might expect when a, when a George Costanza's boss was alive. <laughs> yes, uh, the late Mr. Steinbrenner. <laughs> I think it may have been ninety percent sure that they would resign him, but now it's very questionable. Post uh, George Steinbrenner. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely because yeah, it, you're definitely right. If if George was still alive, there wouldn't. I mean, I don't even think that we'd even be coming up to Judge being a free agent right now. But uh, yeah, would have been resigned already. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. And uh, you know, things aren't getting any easier for the Yankees as right now they're on they're uh 
through six games on this road trip, they're one in five. They're two and seven in their last nine games. So, uh, you know, things aren't getting any easier. Like I said, they're playing Boston in Fenway this weekend. Now, granted, the Red Sox have not been good this year. The Red Sox, you know, they're currently sitting in last place in the AL East, but they're only a game or two under 500 just because the AL East has uh, had a really good year overall, including the Orioles, surprisingly. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Red Sox are always dangerous, right? Exactly. I feel even if Boston's not making the playoffs, it's somewhere in day one, I think some off that energy. I mean, the fans are going to still show up. I'm pretty sure any Red Sox fan that's living in the Boston area is going to want to take it to that game. They're going to want to be there. They want to see them beat the Yankees still neither to less and still going to be uh, it's going to be high intense even though I have to admit those, those games seem extra intense when both teams are in contention. But I yeah, think that going to be there. Speaking of that, I have to say about Chris Sale, I think Chris Sale might be Mr. Glass from the movie Unbreakable. Yeah. I don't know if he's the movie Unbreakable. Mr. Glass character. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you might be right about that. That is what Chris Sale is. He's Mr. Glass. Yeah, such a shame. Such a good pitcher. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day and I, I said that Chris Sale, uh, just the way he pitches, not his injury history at all, is uh, like the left-handed Degrom. Like he was, he was just so good for a long time, and uh, just to have that that injury now, um, and, and obviously it's his fault. He got on the bike and uh, and and hurt himself, and it's just a shame that that it had to go down like that. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought that was almost worth. I thought that injury that I think the first he faced when he came back. As soon as he comes back, he gets an injury that they knocked about. Yeah, man, you're right, man. And uh, you know uh, what's it called? With that, actually, we're uh, gonna be winding down here right now. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes left, um, but, uh, you know, this was a, a heavy, heavy baseball show today. I know we said we were going to get into NFL training camp, but we're kind of running low on time. Uh, be, because be, before we get out of here, though, Dan, I want to make sure that we give you a good and proper plug because you've got a really cool opportunity coming up in a couple of weeks um, doing a show with uh, Mark Norman at the B-Side Comedy Club, right? Up uh, September 12th, 7 o'clock, B-Side Comedy Club in Scarsdale. I, I know it's somewhere along, it's like very close to Metro North Station. I think that's Westchester. I've never been to Westchester. I've been into Westchester a couple of times. I got some friends, but... Out of all the surrounding areas of New York City, Westchester maybe I've been to the least. So, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, uh, a very cool opportunity. I'm normally not really performing stand-up, but this is a rare time I am, and I'll have the uh, material for a nice set. And I guess I felt like if it Joe Matteris, the owner of the club, seemed like he was interested in bringing me in for this. Then I feel, yeah, I'll try. Yeah, you absolutely got to try it, man. I mean, you know, you, you, you have a fan base, right? <laughs> area do buy and says support. support. Absolutely. As many of you as possible watching the media audience. Also, of course, you got my Twitter account, Bobo103NYC on Twitter, and at Bobo718EK on Instagram, and at Daniel Curlin on YouTube. I'll probably plan on getting some, con- some content out there. I even have like a series of sketches that, it, that, that I'm planning in the works that I, that I plan 
and typing up some ideas that really seemed really hilarious. <laughs> Figure out how to be able to pull off with it because it's just yeah, but I don't want to spoil anything, but I, pro I promise you if that idea will get to be reality, just <laughs> Get a good laugh all right and, and make sure you follow dan there and check out everything he's got going on on uh twitter and and uh you know his uh, his youtube like you said he's got a lot of great content so check that out and as i said make sure you go to bsidecomedyclub.com and buy tickets because uh you're going to be doing yourself a, a disservice if you miss this great show especially if you're a fan of us make sure to uh to to, to support bobo and uh and Mark Norman, you know, a, a great professional comedian. Make sure you check uh, all that out, and you're going to have a great time if you head out there. Um, as for me, you can follow me and my Twitter account at KramerNY. You can check out our Twitter account for the show at bsith underscore podcast. That's B-S-I-T-H underscore podcast. And don't forget, too, if you're on Instagram, check us out at Best Seat in the House podcast. And uh, before we get out of here, just want to mention that the uh, Phillies just took a 4-3 lead uh, as, uh, you know, unfortunately, the uh, Marlins are faltering down the stretch. And um, uh, Noah Syndergaard actually had a good game tonight, six innings, two runs. So uh, get a little uh, <laughs> update for the scoreboard on the way out of here, Dan. And uh, you got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Sure, that, that's, uh, that's everything we, I got I got the book. And... Also, don't forget, I do appear on a chip. I'm, I am going to be on an upcoming episode of the Chip Chipperson podcast. That's right. That's right. Make sure to check out the Chip Chipperson podcast. Um, I'm a Patreon subscriber, so I'll probably get the episode this weekend. So if you're not, you should subscribe and check that out. But if not, you could get it for free next weekend on YouTube. Uh, chip Chipperson, uh, make sure you check that out. One of the best uh absolute hilarious show check that out uh also don't forget to check out our good friend Eastside dave as he has on davy mac sports this week uh another friend of the show stevie lou so check that out and before we get out of here one last time dan let's give a happy birthday shout out to your mom aurora right <laughs> happy birthday aurora uh you know once again everybody thanks for tuning in thanks for supporting us uh, make sure to, uh, to to keep up with us on social media for all of our updates. And uh, for Best Seat in the House podcast, I'm Rob Kramer. This is Daniel Bobo Curlin, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>